the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. When the sun rose, they were scorched. Since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet, such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold. In another, sixty. And in another, 30. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Most of us learn by doing You don't learn to drive a car by sitting in a classroom. You can learn a lot of things about driving a car, sitting in a classroom, things like the rules of the road, and I wish more people in Massachusetts knew the rules of the road. I see everyone in New Hampshire knows them, but I'll tell you not where I live in Massachusetts. You know, until you learn the feel of coordinating the clutch and the gas pedal, yeah. You won't really understand how to drive a manual transmission stick shift automobile. Understanding and doing 
go hand in hand. And not only in learning to drive a car, huh? But in most things. And Jesus talks about this all the time. In fact, the Bible is full of this kind of talk. It's certainly one of the emphasis that Jesus stresses in this morning's gospel. In explaining the parable of the sower to his disciples, Jesus interprets the seeds that are cast as individuals who hear the word of God's reign. Now, a wonky little detour. So, there are some parables that are so important in the memory of the first Jesus-believing communities that they found their way into all the Gospels. The parable of the sower found its way into Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and also the non-canonical Gospel of Thomas. In the Gospel of Thomas, the parable is presented, and then there's no explanation. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the three canonical Gospels, there are explanations after the disciples ask Jesus, what were you talking about? And those explanations are really quite sim similar, those three. But this is one of the places where you get a little glimpse into the particular fish that each evangelist wanted to fry because the emphases are just a little bit different. And here in Matthew, we hear the fourth description in the explanation is somebody who hears the word and understands it. And that's different than in Mark and Matthew. So we're going to think about that. <laughs> we're going to think about that. Jesus concludes this explanation by saying, what was sown on good soil? This is the one who hears the word and understands it, namely the one who actually bears fruit. And so Jesus is one who refuses to separate learning and doing. The one who lives the word of the kingdom is the one who understands the word of the kingdom. The one who lives the word of the kingdom is the one who understands the word of the kingdom. And according to Matthew, this is what faith looks like. This is what faith smells like. This is what faith struggles like. The explanation of the parable here in Matthew has a long and troubling history in the story of the church, and I'll tell you why. In the story of the church, for a long time, people wanted to know, which one am I? Huh? Which one am I, and how can I figure that out? Hmm? Of these four seeds that are talked about, which one am I? Jesus, tell me, which one am I? And so, one of the difficult things about that is that the parable became a bludgeon in the lives of many people. Let's just do something here for a moment. On your bulletins, 
Take out your bulletin. Julie has been looking forward to this. On your bulletin, and look at the front cover. Isn't that lovely? That's Van Gogh. That's the parable of the sower. But look up in the right-hand corner. Do you have a number? You have a number. Anybody with a number one in the right-hand corner of their bulletin? If you are able, please rise. Oh, yes. You are the number one seed. You are the people who hear the word of the kingdom, but you just don't get it. And there's the professor. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Number two. Number two. If you got a two there, please stand up. Oh, don't be bashful. Come on, number twos. No number twos over here. Come on. None, huh? All right. You guys are the people who aren't serious. You are the people who aren't serious. You're the dabblers. You are the people who treat Christianity as a hobby. You are the people who the moment the going gets tough, you are out the door and going bowling. Please sit down. <laughs> Number three, do you have a three? We have some visitors among us today, and if you don't want to get up and out yourself as a number three, that's okay. Look at the number three is here in the room. You're all lovely people. You're lovely people, but the cares of the world and your attachment to wealth have squeezed all of the spiritual juices out of you. Please sit down. Number four, where are you? Oh, Jeremy just popped right up so proudly. Jeremy popped up so proudly. And look at this, Pastor Lynn Opterbeck. Wow. You guys are the nut. Do you really have a four on there, Julie? OK. <laughs> you guys are the people who hear the word, you understand the word, you do the word of the reign of God. Does that feel good to have somebody say this to you, huh? <laughs> yeah, please sit down. This is terrible. And this is how this was used in the life of Jesus' believing communities, in the life of the church, particularly the Western church, for a long, long time. And it was preached something like this. You may not ever know in your life which one of these you are. God will sort that out at the end of time. But in the meantime, in the meantime, you better make sure that you are doing everything you can to understand the word of the kingdom and to bear fruit. And then whoever was offering that message might have very specific suggestions to you about what bearing fruit would look like. And oftentimes the bearing of that fruit supported the institutional life of the church in generous ways. It's terrible. 
And it is not what is happening in this explanation. I believe that the expla explanation of the parable goes back to Jesus. However, each of the gospel writers has spun it just a little bit to speak to his own community. And I think this is what's going on here with Matthew. Are you ready? I think that the way Matthew explains the parable of the sower or interprets Jesus' interpretation of it is by saying, this explanation does two things at the same time. The first thing it does is it holds up a mirror in front of all of us here in the room. If we could, we would need one huge mirror here in the room to take a good look at ourselves in. Because guess what? Yesterday, I can tell you that the life of faith was being choked in my life by the cares of the world. Yeah, yeah. And I bet you that there have been times when, for whatever reason, your own experience of Christian faith was such that it was something that you know, Christian faith is really about making you feel comfortable, especially in times when you're struggling. But then when you went through struggles and found that the word of the kingdom was more challenging than you thought it would be and less full of comfort, you kind of walked away. Each one of us, we can go through this, each one of us, we can look at this and realize that we are those seeds. Those seeds are a part of who we are. And yet, at the same time, at the very same time that this mirror is being held up in front of us, Jesus is also holding up a promise, a promise before us, which is as ancient as God's dream for all of creation. We heard it ringing out in Isaiah, this beautiful poem about God's purposes not ever being thwarted. God's purposes of love and redemption and return from exile, any exile we send ourselves into. God's purposes will not be thwarted as the rain and snow come down from heaven and don't return until they've done what they intended to do. So it is with God's word of promise. And this is the promise that rings out also in this explanation. We who send ourselves into exile in so many ways, yet are the very same people who together come together in the hope and trust that we are the body of Christ, that we are walking in the spirit, the spirit of life and that the word of the reign of God will bear fruit, not because we're such good people, but because God's purpose of love will not be thwarted even by our own petty concerns. So, <clears throat> From 1994 to 2004, I served Grace Evangelical Lutheran Church in Hartford, Connecticut. 
tough place, tough place when I was serving there. And um, arrived in the summer, and I would usually show up to the office around nine in the morning, you know, banker's hours. Um, but then fall came, it was time to take the kids to school, and our oldest, just entering sixth grade, going to King Philip Middle School in West Hartford, um, we lived just past where the buses, or just inside, yeah, just inside where the buses would come pick you up. It was about, um, about a mile and a third, mile and a half, something like that to KP. We had just moved um, to Newtown. Daniel was just about to go to middle school for the first time, all that stuff. So we decided I, I would be his chauffeur. So I, I would drive Dan that mile and a half, mile and a third, every morning to KP. Um, and that was great because we got to chat with one another and so forth. But it also meant that I was getting to church earlier. I'd drop him off, go to church, and show up about eight. And the first day that I showed up at this new hour, as I'm getting out of my car in the parking lot behind the church, um, a gentleman comes kind of walking through the parking lot, pushing a shopping cart. Elderly African-American gentleman. And the shopping cart is filled with stuff that he had been gathering up in order to take and, and redeem. Um, and he, he passed right by me as I'm getting out of the car, like five feet or something from me. And I looked at him and said, good morning. He looked at me and just kept walking. That happened for the next two weeks, exactly like that, because I was getting there at the very same time every day. And I had discovered that this was the time he was walking through the church parking lot. And every time I would get out of the car, he was almost always right by me, and I would say good morning, and he, he wouldn't even look at me. Until one morning, the little pattern gets repeated, I get out of the car, say good morning, he stops for the first time. He turns. He looks me right in the eye, and he says, you only think you know what is important. Turns around, walks away. I never saw the guy again in my life. You only think you know what's important. I have never forgotten that. The word of the reign of God in our lives, this promise that God will bring not only me to fulfillment, but also you and also every living thing, the entire creation, that's what's important. And learning to live today as if that fulfillment has already occurred is the life of faith, is what it means to understand the reign of God and bear fruit and to struggle with what that actually looks like in our personal lives, in our church life, in our political life, our economic life, the whole boat. And you can do it.
because you are in Christ, because there is no condemnation for you, because you walk in the Spirit. Look at one another as you gather around this table today and receive Christ who is for you. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.